Amen. It's quite the crew there. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Lewis to come and share what the Lord has given him. Amen. As he's coming, why don't we just pray? Lord, we exalt you right now, God. We thank you for your spirit that's here. In the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't you just lift him up there where you're at. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Father. You are mighty and great and greatly to be praised, Lord God. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, have your way in us, Lord. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I'd like to share what God's put on my heart today. Amen. I, uh, I did enjoy that lightning and thunder last night. But most of all, because it watered the grass. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I've had a tough summer mowing grass. <laughs> and if uh, you haven't been to my home, it's a lot of grass. And if you let it get out of control, it'll just grow. So it's up to me to find times, you know, to mow the grass. But uh, uh, my wife helps once in a while. <laughs> Didn't want to leave her out of that. She might get me when I get home. Uh, but it's something that God dropped in my spirit, you know, and... Uh, I just, I, uh, I want to share it, amen, with you all. I believe it's a word for all of us, amen. Why don't we turn to, uh, whoa, <laughs> looks like I lost my first Thessalonians. <laughs> you know, I've had this in there for so long. I think it's time to get a new Bible. But if we can go to the first, uh, first Peter, chapter one. Another little piece. <laughs> Man, I'm losing it here. The whole thing. But um, first Peter. Chapter 1, verse 24 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto us. I, uh, I remember a time when I didn't have God in my life. And uh, I chose to surround myself with uh, people that weren't very godly. But it's uh, natural to do that in the flesh. When we 
don't have the spirit of God, when we don't have God leading our lives, somehow the flesh takes over and it'll cling to others that are in the flesh, right? Sin, it, it uh, loves company, that's for sure. But those were times when uh, me and my wife struggled to get to church. I remember times of uh, arguing and fighting all the way there. And it seemed like there was no, you know, there was no hope for us. But I'm thankful that God makes a way. Amen. And uh, it's funny here how the Lord, you know, he mentions grass a lot. And the grass, it uh, produces seed. Amen. But not only that, it knits itself together. And a lot of the times when people are looking for homes and things like that, you know, if you've ever, you know, wanted to be in a home, I'm sure you thought of that grass. We got to have a lawn. We got to have, you know, a nice place where we could take the kids out. And, you know, almost everybody looks for grass. Except for Nick. <laughs> uh, years ago, Nick told me he used to produce grass. Uh, he used to work in something called, uh, what's that stuff called? It's like fake grass. Turf. Yeah. And uh, they produce this fake turf, but, you know, some people like fake turf. I, I prefer grass. When we got to our home, it was nothing but dirt there. I mean, there was just desert, you know. Uh, I know Yakima's a little desert, but somewhere in the outskirts, but they call it the Palm Springs of Washington, and I love this place. You know, I, I grew up in Texas, and there was no hills over there, just flat land. And when I came here, I saw all these mountains, and it looked all green to me, and it was beautiful. And I, I love this place where God has brought me, and I know he's doing a great work here. But uh, everybody loves grass. And they want grass because it makes a place look beautiful, green pastures, right? God has made us like grass to be beautiful, his beautiful people. We are his workmanship. Amen. Let's go to uh, chapter, uh, let's go to Judges, and I want to share a story here. And we'll go to the 19th chapter. And uh, here we find a Levite of Mount Ephraim. 
And it says, uh, uh, verse 16, sorry about that. And behold, there came an old man from his work out of the field. And this is uh, a Levite. And, uh, or wait, let's start from verse uh, 1, 19, verse 1. Sorry about that. And it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim, who took to him a concubine out of the Bethlehem, Judah, out of Bethlehem and Judah. And his concubine played the whore against him and went away from him unto her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there for whole... For whole months, and her husband arose and went after her to speak friendly unto her and to bring her again, having his servant with him and a couple of asses. And she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the damsel saw him, he rejoiced to meet him and his father-in-law. The damsel's father retained him, and he abode with him three days. So they did eat and drink and lodge there. And it came to pass the fourth day when they arose early morning that he rose up to depart. And the damsel's father said unto his son-in-law, Comfort thy heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward go your way. So I remember in my earlier walk, as the Lord comes into my life and he's developing his relationship with me and I see uh, a lot of things that he's trying to deal with me inside and uh, I uh, it seemed like I never learned those things that he was trying to take out of me uh, I used to work at uh, what's that place um, Carlos used to work there a long time ago. Western RV. That's the place. And uh, uh, he was much higher than me. I think he was in another department where he uh, took care of a lot of people, a lot of workers on one side. And uh, I was on the other side, me and Tim together. We were building stuff all the time. And uh, I never could get stuff right. No. Nope. I think uh, most of the time I spent time doing stuff for myself sometimes. You know, I remember building uh, this little uh, uh, tool chest. And, uh, you know, I tried to get it right and it still came out a little crooked. And it would seem like a lot of things there I could never get right. No, over and over I'd build those things and, man, they'd always send them back. You know, they'd say, oh, you got flaws here. You got to take it apart and redo it. And I just, you know, that time and season passed. It was just a time and a season I was in. And then I, I remember going to other jobs and I, I, you know, dealt with the same thing. You know, I couldn't get stuff right. And it was like I was either coming late sometimes and I didn't make it on time and you know, they're like, Louie, you got to be here on time. And and I remember one time I was even working with, uh, I used to work at Brookdale. It's Sandra over here. And uh, we had a good crew there. Man, I uh, 
I really felt like I really did my job good. I mean, once in my life, I felt like, wow, I'm just, I'm ready. You know, every morning I'd come in, grab a cup of coffee. I was, you know, I'm not too good of a drinker. I don't drink, uh, I mean, of coffee, you know. <laughs> I don't drink lots of coffee, you know. And But during those times, for some reason, I just helped myself to coffee, you know, and and the juice and all that stuff. You know, they had a little restaurant inside there, you know, and I got to go eat whatever I, I wanted there. And uh, But we'd get there. We had a good crew. We'd get report. And, you know, Sandra was in charge, and she was like at times, you know, and she would send us out, and I'd just be all over the place, you know, getting stuff done. And, you know, I felt like, man, I got some things accomplished. But lo and behold, one day they sent me to do something, and I fell asleep. I did, to my shame. I was there trying to help a lady, and, you know, she was watching TV, and I was there, and I was taking my time, Caleb. I was taking my time, and... Next thing you know, they come in and they surprised me, you know. They're like, hey, <laughs> you can't be sleeping on the job. <laughs> and, uh, man, startled me and woke me up. And I don't know what I was dreaming about, but, man, it was, I was in deep sleep mode. And, man, I, I, I see those times of failure in my life. I see those things that God was trying to pull out of me. The things that I did of in myself, of my own flesh. And the failure that came and, you know, you feel you feel bad for yourself. You feel, you know, regret of the things that you that you did and but the, the Lord says we're like grass, right? We're here for a moment and a time. Everything's a season, right? God's planted us and knitted us together as his body. And I'm thankful that I'm all with all of you here today, that he's knitted us together. Because, see, that's what grass does. It knits itself together and produces more grass and more grass in those areas. All you got to do is give it a little bit of water from heaven. Amen? Just water it a little bit. Letting the Lord water it. See, this concubine here. She was doing the will of God. Amen. See, God's people, they were in a time where in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what would, which was right in his own eyes. See, the Bible says there's a way that a man thinketh to be right, but the way thereof is death. See, we're... If we're not being led of God, if God's not taking us to where he wants us to be and what he wants us to do in these last hours and these last times, then we're not being led of God. We're not letting God lead us. 
we're going in our own ways, our own thoughts. We're trying to be right in our own eyes. And that's not what God wants. See, and this Levite, he goes. And uh, he's going on his way. And uh, he's trying to take her back to Ephraim. And uh, verse 14 says, And as they passed on and went their way, and the sun went down upon them, when they were by Gibeoth, which belongeth to Benjamin, and they turned aside thither to go and to lodge in Gibeoth. And when he went in, he sat him down in the street of the city, for there was no man that took them into this house to lodging. So he's going by Gibeoth. And Gibeah's a town that belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. Amen. Uh, a part of the tribe of, uh, of, uh, of Israel. And, uh, and they turned aside hither to go and lodge there. And behold, there came an old man from his work out of the field at even, which was also Mount Ephraim. And he joined, sojourned in Gibeah. But the men of the place were Benjamites. And when he had lifted up his eyes, he saw a wayfaring man in the street of the city. And the old man said, Whither goest thou, and whence comest thou? And he said unto him, We are passing from Bethlehem to Judah toward the side of Mount Ephraim. From thence I came, or thence I am. And I went to Bethlehem, Judah, but I am now going to the house of the Lord, and there is no man that receiveth me to the house. Yet there is both straw, provender for our, for our asses, and there is bread and wine also for me and for thy handmaid, and for the young men which is with thy servants. There is no want of anything. And the old man said, Peace be with thee. Whosoever let all thy wants lie upon me, only lodge not in the street. So he brought him into this house and gave provender unto the asses, and they washed their feet and did eat and drink. Now as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of this, the certain city, sons of Belial, beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thy house that we may know him. So these men are wicked and evil. And somehow they're here in Gibeah, In this place that belongs to the Benjamites. And they're here. And for some reason. They come out. And they want this man to come out to do evil wicked things to him. It's funny because if you let sin fester in your life it'll come forth it'll spring out see this is what's happening here with the Benjamites somewhere along the way something infected them it infected their home their place see God's called us he's tried to pull us out from all those things. But we got to leave some things behind. And I believe today. That's why you're here. Because you know sometimes we allow things. 
There's things that we won't let God touch in our lives. There's things that we've hidden inside. Don't touch this area. But maybe it goes beyond that. Maybe there's something in secret or something that you've been holding back. You made a choice to give yourself to God. Right? You made a choice. I'm giving myself to God. But I'm going to hide this. Because it calls to me. I can't leave it. It's festering inside of me. This is what was taking place. I know it. I'm, I'm speaking to you. This is, this is what the Lord placed in my heart. You got to pull it out. You got you to gotta cast it away. You got to cast it out. You got to submit yourself fully and completely to God. See, some people that uh, they're in the army and uh, sometimes they get captured, right? Some people get captured. But what do they do when they, when they get captured? They surrender. Right? But when you surrender, you don't fully give yourself to those people because, see, they're trained. Amen? They're trained that, you know, if you get caught, you're not going to give up any information. You're not going to give up any of these things. They never submit themselves completely. See, we got to submit ourselves to God completely. We got to give ourselves over to him. We got to submit, be submitted in every way to him. Because these things creep into our lives. They creep in. I, uh, so the, uh, uh, if we can go to, uh, chapter 20 and it says, then all the children of Israel went out and the congregation was gathered uh, verse one, or let's uh, jump down to four. I don't want to belabor the whole point here. Uh, and the Levite, the husband of the woman that was slain answered and said, I come I came into Gibeath that belongeth to Benjamin, I and my concubine to lodge. And the men of Gibeath rose against me and beset the house round about upon me by night and thought to have slain me and my concubine have they forced that she is dead. And I took my concubine and cut her in pieces and set her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel for they have committed lewdness and folly in Israel. I imagine I see this Levite, you know, sold out to the Lord, submitted to him, full of faith, just wanting to follow after God and do what God wants him to do. So 
he goes and he lets the Israelites know what took place. And the Israelites, they go and uh, they gather together. You know, they see this evil, you know, inside Israel. And then they're like, they gather everybody together and they said, we're not going to stand for this. Uh, and uh, all the people arose one man as one man. See, they all got together saying, we will not any of us go to his tent. Neither will we any of us turn into his house. But now this shall be the thing which we will do to Gibeath. We will go up by lot against it. And we will take ten men of a hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel. And a hundred of a thousand. And a thousand of ten thousand to fetch victual, victual for the people that they may do. When they come to Gibeath and Benjamin according to all the folly that they have wrought in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, knit together as one man. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe and Benjamin saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are at Gibeath, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities of Gibeah to go out to battle against the children of Israel. See, the enemy knows that if you're not together. See, the Benjamites, when they heard of this, they refused they kept it and said, we're not, we're not going to do as you tell us. We're not going to go after these guys. See, the enemy knows when we're together, when we're knitted together as the body of Christ, there's great things that you can achieve each and every member as the body of Christ going out to do God's will, what God has sent us to do. Amen. He's called us all. Whether, whether you're new here or not, amen, if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with his spirit, he will empower you to do that, to reach, to reach, to go, to be his voice. And uh, so they go and they ask God and the Lord tells them, assemble yourselves, go, I want you to go and assemble yourselves and... Uh, uh, get the Benjamites. You know, this is what the word of the Lord said to them. This is what God said to them. He said, go. And that day they were smote by the Benjamites. The Benjamites came and destroyed them all. Well, not all of them, but most of them. I believe it was uh, thousands and thousands of men. And uh, so after that happens, they go again. And they tell God and they go and pray for, you know, to the Lord. And they ask the Lord, can you give us direction? Let us, you know, should we go after them again? And the Lord tells them, go again. So they go. And the children of Benjamin in verse 21 says, They came forth of Gibeah and destroyed down the ground of the Israelites that day, 20 and 2,000 men. And 
jump down to verse 23, and it says, The children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even, and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of the Benjamin? Benjamin, my brother, and the Lord said, go up against him. So the Lord tells them again. See, sometimes the word of the Lord comes to you over and over, but you don't see it come to pass. You don't be, see it fulfilled. And you're like thinking, you're having thoughts. And I don't know, should we go again? And the Lord says, go again, let's go. See, they were... They were submitted to him. So they said, let's go. Let's go again. And they get destroyed again. And verse 27, it says, And all the children of Israel acquired of the Lord, for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for the morrow I will deliver them into thy hand. And Israel set leers in wait round about Gibeath. And uh, leers is just, you know, people who sit and wait. They hide themselves in the bushes. And so they sent some to go hide themselves while they set themselves up to go destroy them. And the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And they began to smite of the people and kill as the other times in the highways of which one goeth up to the house of God and the other to Gibeath in the field. About 30 men of Israel and the children of Benjamin said, they are smitten down before us as at the first. But the children of Israel said, let us flee and draw them from the city unto the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of that place and put themselves in array at Baalath. Mar and the leers in wait of Israel came forth in their places, even at, at the meadows of Gibeath. And there were came against them Gibeath, 10,000 chosen men out of the Israel. And the battle was sore, but they knew not that evil was near them. And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel. And the children of Israel destroyed of the Benjamites that day 20 of 5,000 and 100 men. All those drew the sword. You see that even though that whatever it is that we're that we're doing, God is with us. God is with you. God is wanting to do a great work just as he did with the Israelites and word after word that came to them. They never lost faith in God. They went back over and over to ask of him and God delivered them and that final deliverance of the Lord, I'm sure they felt, oh man, thank God. We don't have to go through that again. But God wants to take us to places of blessing. That's what he wants to do with us. He wants to bring us to a place of blessings, pastures that are green. He wants to bless our lives. But we got to fully yield to him. We got to give ourselves over completely to him. Amen. Can you give yourself to him? Right. Let's pray. Lord, blessed be your name, Lord. 
Father, we ask you, Lord God, that you would continue to lead us and guide us, Lord God. Each and every person in this place, Lord God. Father, that you would have your way in them, Lord God. Father, that they may know that you are with them, Lord God. That you are with them, Lord Jesus, to conquer, Lord God. To do battle, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. We worship you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Lord's called us. And we have a place waiting for us with him. But you got to look beyond the natural. You got to look beyond this life of what's waiting for you. You can't live in this place, in this moment, in these seasons. You got to hold on to him. Lord, where are you guiding me? Where are you taking me? Where are you leading me? What is your purpose? I'm going to wait on you. We got to wait on God. We got to wait on his purpose to fulfill what he needs to in our lives. Amen. Amen. I was looking through. Amen. Thank you, Brother Lewis. I want to I want to call one passage to your attention. Hosea chapter five. The Lord took me last night to the to the story of Judah. And I'm not going to take the time to go through all of that today. Um, But this setting that Brother Lewis read, uh, it says that it took place in the Mount of Ephraim. Ephraim was one of the 12 sons of Israel, of Jacob. Joseph was another one of the sons. Uh, We heard a little bit about that on Wednesday night from Elder Hart. Um, The story of Joseph. Joseph had two sons that that the Bible point out in this passage. Uh, They are Ephraim and Manasseh. So all that he was just reading about taking place It says it took place in the Mount of Ephraim. You understand when it says the Mount of or the city of or the place of, and it's got a name, that's where the tribe of the the families of that descendant lived. So the name took place of where they lived, where they stayed. Um, I'm going to link these two together. In Hosea 5, it does this. The, the, uh, The story of Judah... You know the, the portion of the story of Judah with Tamar, who was his daughter-in-law. And because of acts that took place there, Judah became judged. And I was thinking, because Judah and Ephraim are linked together in these in this this passage let me read it to you hosea chapter 5 verse 14 i'll be totally honest and candid with you i was trying to figure out 
what does the Bible, I know that the Bible says we, we, we call Jesus the Lion of Judah. Sometimes the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And um, probably because of songs that I've heard that in and other settings, I think that just, man, that's just such an awesome and accurate depiction of how powerful God is and the Lord is. Uh, he's the Lion of Judah. And I wanted to see that in Scripture. Where do we get that from? This is where we get it from in Scripture. But when you think about the context in which it's said here, um, it's very interesting to see it. Maybe it doesn't give off the same sense or feeling that, that I had with it. But it says here, Hosea chapter 5, verse 14, For I will be unto Ephraim, as the son of Joseph, as a lion, and as a young lion, to the house of Judah. I even I will tear and go away. I will take away and none shall rescue him. And I was thinking, hang on, pause, time out. That's not the same lion, uh, you know. I, I just thought we were talking about mascots, you know, or... or uh, Cool sounding, uh, strength, powerful little things. But this is, he's saying, I'm going to be as a lion to the house of Judah and to the house of Ephraim. I realized because I said yesterday, or, uh, yesterday I was reading the story of Judah and I, I knew those things that transpired with him. In our day and age of Google, we think in terms of what one singular event happened. What, what one, you know, you search for something and you get a list of a thousand answers and you're looking for the one thing. And so I, probably this is, this is my um, 2019 mindset as much as anything. But I thought, what did... Judah do to deserve that? What did Ephraim do to deserve that? If we pause for a second and step back and we, first of all, we should just think, thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his long suffering. I don't know about any of those two individuals, but I, if I were to be honest about my life, I could, if you were, if you were to perceive something that looked like the Lord's judgment upon me, and you thought to yourself, man, what did Elder Flowers do to deserve that judgment? I don't think we want to go down that list today. But I, I could point out more than just one singular event and say, oh, this is the failure, failure of the tribe of flowers. They didn't do this or they did do that. You see what I'm saying? It's not just a one singular. It's our human nature. That leads to, leads to these kinds of things. That passage that Brother Lewis read, it said in the time where there was no king, this is just the kind of thing that was taking place all the time. Men did whatever they wanted to because there was no king. I'll tell you one interesting story as a side note, and I'll get back to this. Brother Lewis was talking about his history of his jobs and 
and so forth. And really, I was thinking this morning about the seasons of life that we go through. Um, last week, I was walking into work at the courthouse there downtown Yakima. And if you haven't seen, last year they tore down the old jail. They put in some parking and things, and then they kind of left that one side of the wall, the building, undone. This, this week they've been working on it. So they've got some equipment, some construction equipment, all that out there. Uh, walking to work, and I see... A genie man lift. Anybody know what a genie man lift is? These are the blue little, you know, you sit in them and they raise you up to uh, work on heights. Um, I was walking into work at the courthouse and remembering a season of, thank the Lord, a very short season of my life when I worked on putting those things together, those man lifts, those genie in the factory. I was sta- this is literally. I mean, I feel like I'm all of a sudden 70 years old when I tell people I worked in a factory. <laughs> but I was, this was my first job when I got married and moved to Washington, um, 20 years old. And I was standing on an assembly line, and I was building the wire harnesses that are going to go into the control panel of those man lifts. And it was boring, I'll tell you what. I, I, I had some kind of sympathy for the people that worked on either side of me who I knew I could just tell from watching them work that they've been there doing this a long time and so I was walking to work and I I just every time I see one of those really it's kind of a reminder to me of that season of my life Um, thankful I'm thankful to the Lord that he brought me out of that season Um, but so the the greater point of this is the life of Judah, the life of Ephraim, the life of these men, children of Israel, and, and, and every descendant. And then we read the scripture and we maybe see one instance of something that they did. And we think, well, that's what they did to deserve that. But here in Hosea, he's saying, I'm going to be as a lion to this house and to this house. What Ephraim did, if I can put it that way, in one instance where we can find that he disobeyed the word of God, the commandment of God, is that when the children of Israel left Egypt during the Exodus, and they were wandering in the wilderness. It was Ephraim's descendants who were warriors. They were called on to fight. We know Levites, right? They were, they were priestly, and they had duties in the tabernacle, and, and these other uh, tribes had other things. Well, the Ephraimites, those who were the descendants of Ephraim, were warriors. That's what they were called to do. And Throughout that promise of that, that time, we saw one after the other. The Lord was saying, I'm going to take you to a land. And I'm going to drive out the inhabitants of that land. It's a promised land chosen just for you. So when they get to Canaan. He calls on the Ephraimites. It's time for you guys to do your job. You're the warriors. What I want you to do, as as I've been telling you all along, I want you to drive out the Canaanites from this land. 
I know you can do it. You're the, you're the warriors. But Ephraim, it says, and, and, and those of his tribe chose not to drive out the Canaanites. I'll read just one quick passage here before we, before we finish. Um, Joshua chapter 16, verse 9. And the separate cities of, for the children of Ephraim were among the inheritance of the children of Manasseh, all the cities of, with their villages. And they drave not out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer. They didn't drive out the Canaanites. But the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites unto this day. And serve under tribute. Simply by not following that command to drive out the Canaanites. They see, we see what we read in Hosea about the Lord wanting to become as a lion to their tribe, to their house. Why don't you stand with me? Now, you don't have to turn there, but I want to read back in, in Hosea chapter 5 again. Maybe, if Brother Jeremiah, you can put this on the screen. So in verse 14, he's saying, as to, the, as to the house of Ephraim and as to the house of Judah, I'm going to be a lion. I'm going to tear and go away. I will take away and none shall rescue him. Look at verse 15. Brother Ethan, if you wouldn't mind playing Hosea chapter 5 and 15 this is this is where all of this that we've been talking about it is where I feel like the Lord is leading us to today this this point in this passage I said it I'm thankful for his long suffering he says I'm going to Tear and go away. Maybe you've, I know I've felt like in a season of my life, I'm just the ruins of what was a life of somebody that tried to live for God. I mean, I did my best. I, I, I knew I was supposed to pray. I knew I was supposed to listen to a preacher, try to get my life in order. And look how in shambles, really, all of this is. Some, some of us, if we've been there enough, it causes us to put up a wall or a guard and say, no, the last time I tried to live that kind of lifestyle where I'm actually obeying the Lord, my life fell apart. I hit this rock, I hit this bump, and it was challenge after challenge after challenge, and really what it felt like was a lion was let loose in my tent and just ripped everything to shreds and took off. That's what the Lord says. Verse 15. He says, I will go and return to my place. I'm going to do the lion thing and I'm going to leave and I'm going to go back to my, my place. Until they acknowledge their offense 
Now, I was using myself as an example. I, you'd, have, you'd be hard-pressed to point to one specific event or time of disobedience. But if you think about your life and over the, over the course of your life, an offense, until you acknowledge that offense... You're going to be living with the ruins of what the lion did to your camp. That's what the scripture says. I'm going to go and I'm going to return to my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Every eye closed right now. Lord Jesus, God, I feel your presence here right now. You want to minister to us. Now, just one minute. While every eye is closed, I want to, I want to say this quickly. Every eye closed. Think about the Lord, what he's seeking here, what he's speaking. We mentioned the Ephraimites, they were warriors. We find in a passage shortly after this where the children of Israel went to war and the Ephraimites were left out of the invitation to go to battle. It was their inaction, their refusal to follow and obey the word of God to drive out the Canaanites that prevented them from being even involved in future events of the kingdom of the work. Maybe, maybe you felt like for some time why am I not doing anything for the kingdom? I, I've, I've shown and proven my, my abilities, my desires. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I hope you're listening and, and open to him. Maybe I've shown my abilities and my desires to do things for him, but I just, I never find the opportunity. I'm, I'm not getting the opportunity to do that. What the Lord said in this passage was to the Ephraimites and to those of the tribe of Judah, until you acknowledge your offense and seek my face, you will stay in that state. What the Lord is offering here today to us is the opportunity to acknowledge. Now, I, I'm not, we're not wanting confessions of, of, of those types of things, but I want you to be honest with the Lord. Lord, is this the reason why I am still in this season? Is this, could this be the reason why I'm not seeing the participation in your kingdom at the level that I'm desiring? We need to pray right now, church. I encourage you, find a place to pray. Be honest with the Lord. Come on, let's pray.
Before we leave, I want to share something. How many of you, maybe in your younger years, uh, played some type of organized sport? Baseball, football, basketball, something like that. How many of you, I'll put it this way first, how many of you had your a parent that coached you on that team? Not many. How many of you played with someone who's a teammate, their parent was the coach? Many of us, I think. I, I played mostly baseball, but a lot of sports growing up, and every team that I was on, one of my teammates' fathers was the coach. I got to observe some, some dynamics there that were interesting and different. He coached his son way differently than he would coach anybody else on the team. I'm talking, you know, in your face, harsh. And then he'd turn to the other kid or me or whoever it was and, oh, that's okay, good try, you get it next time. Have his son make that same mistake. Boy, whatever, you know, it just, it, it flips. I felt this when I was praying just earlier for this congregation. We, I'll put it this way, we have have received and been exposed to so much ministry I'm thankful for that and it's on a consistent level the way that the Lord speaks sometimes to us is not always the way that you find him speaking to other individuals or groups or congregations I would make that statement if Elder Hart was here or if, if Bishop was here because I feel that the way that he deals with us sometimes it, it you, you, you go visit somebody else you go some, some, sit through something else and you think this does not feel like Life Church Sila at all or you come here from somewhere else and you think this does not feel like what, where I was at all the Lord has a way of dealing with us he knows what we need to hear. He knows how we need to hear it. We are his children. Amen. We're his children. Those of us that have more than one child know you don't deal with every child the same way. What works for one is like a joke to another sometimes. And vice versa. The most important thing we could do is understand we are his children. He is our father. He loves us. He only cares about what's best for us. That's it. He wouldn't, you wouldn't be here today if the Lord didn't think you needed to be here today. He cares about what's best for us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your love, Father, and the way that you've shown your love to us yet again today. God, I pray that you would continue to speak to each heart, Lord.
continue to speak to our minds, God. Let these things that we've heard and received of you, Lord, take root in our spirit. Jesus, I pray, let us continue to be honest with you. Let us continue to be honest with ourselves and with one another. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Would you thank the Lord for a moment? Let him hear that thanksgiving. Let him feel that thanksgiving from your spirit. Lord, I'm thankful to you. God, you've done so much for me. You're so loving and you're so kind. You're so patient, Lord. I'm thankful for it, God. I'm thankful for it, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord God. I give you praise. I give you praise and glory, Jesus. You are good to me. You are good to us, Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. I encourage you to greet one another as you are dismissed.